Today, I, I was preparing for the message for Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9, and simply it was going to be, you know, be courageous. God's with you when you go through hardships. But the more I read through the text and the more I, we see the context, it's not simply about, you know, when you have an exam, be courageous. You know, when you go through trials, be, there's a bigger context here. And I want to be honest with you, it's quite troubling. So I was like, how am I going to preach this? I mean, do you understand what's going on here in Joshua? They're, after 400 to 500 years, they're on the cusp of coming into the promised land. And God is saying to them, there are people living there, the Amorites, the Canaanites, Jebus, and I want you to take it over. And I want you to even kill them all. So, thanks God, how do you preach that? Especially when you see the news and you see Boko Haram and ISIS, and they're just killing people in their wake. How do you preach this today? And I said... I can't preach the original message of Joshua, just so let's just keep it easy. Be courageous when you're hard. Amen. I hope they don't notice the rest of the Bible. <laughs> so I want to be real and say this is a hard text, but I wanted to just be upfront with you. There's a lot of things in the Bible that are hard, and I want to ask God for prayer to help me to understand His Word and help us to see the fuller picture of the story. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you for your precious word, but we, we have to be honest. Some things are really hard. In our feeble minds, with our limited perspective of things, it's even harder to understand your nature. But God, we believe your word is true, that your word is powerful, it is clear, and that God, that you would be able to make it not only understandable, but refreshing by the power of your Holy Spirit. And help us to see your upper story of what you're trying to do. And help us to see how your plan is just this one snapshot of redeeming all of us who have run away from you. And God, help me by the power of your spirit that every word that I speak, that it would reflect the trueness of who you are. And that God, that you would convict our hearts and that you would make it understandable even if it's a little tense, that you will make it true and that, God, you will help us to glorify you. That is our desire. You are our God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let, let's just go right to the question. You know, it, it, this, this covers this topic of is Christianity the only way? How about all the other religions? And I see bumper stickers once in a while, you know, that bumper sticker says coexist. And I'm want to be clear as christians we do coexist we we're neighbors to people we don't burn their houses down i don't think i've seen that in orange county thank goodness i i've seen like you know neighbors bicker about trees and orange falling but nothing like that so there is this idea yes co we have to coexist because people have different views yet does that also mean though that every religion is equally valid and true and i just want to stay off the bat it's impossible this is not the main point but it's impossible that all religions are equally right for example christians what is the who is the most what is the foundation of our faith his name is jesus christ say it loud and proud people jesus and so when jesus is our crux he is what makes this possible he died and rose again he says he's god we say jesus is god 
right there we have a problem because Muslims will say, you are sinning. There is Allah and he is one. Jesus is not God. So by nature, we can't just say we're all right. Right? Is that true? Like, I am Jason Coe, you know, I'm, I'm a man married to Kathy Coe. There is nothing that says I am Jason Coe and I have 10 wives. One, one is right, one is wrong. You, it's verifiable, it's empirical, and you look at this stuff and you can say one is true, one is right, one is wrong. So off the bat, we could coexist, but we don't have to go into this idea and dumb down our theology to say every religion is true in their own regard, you know? So people, we need to understand that this is a hard text. So when God is saying go into this land where we, where I struggle with, and I got to say this is hard, go kill the men, women, and children, their animals, we cringe a little. Did you read that this time, this week? And you say, that's uncomfortable. I mean, that's, so my question to God is, why? What's the big deal, God? Why can't you just do what, you know, neighbors do? They take an inch and they kind of start moving their lumber in and they're like, oh, thank you for your garage. They start moving their things in and then they take over. Why can't we just do that? Why do we have to kill them? And I want to say to you, you're not alone. This is a hard text. And God is saying, we need to claim this land everywhere you step foot in it's yours so we wrestle with this and i'm glad you wrestle with this because it means you're thinking critically right so but i want to just offer these three things just logical reasons why god may be doing this and it may not fit the bill it may not settle in your heart but i hope it's helpful so let's look at the text first thing we do know that true of God is this. If God is God, if there's one true God, and he's not one of many, but he is one true God, just humor us, right? Let's just pretend there is one God, and that everything else is made up, and he's revealed himself to us as he is. You know what the God of the Bible is clear on? And say amen if this is good. He hates wickedness and evil. Isn't that great? Do we all agree on that? That God cannot tolerate wickedness and evil? Are we, are we all good in that? I mean, I could believe that. I could go to any God that hates wickedness and evil. I'm in trouble, but I'm going to jump a little ahead. But I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm not the nicest person either. So that, that makes me uncomfortable. But God is holy, which means he cannot tolerate wickedness and evil. Um, aren't you glad in America we cannot sell children for sex trafficking? I hope you're going to be okay with that. We don't need that a lot. Aren't you glad in America that when you make people of different races and color and you treat them second class, that's wrong? Aren't you glad? I, I hope so because I'm... Aren't you glad in America that if somebody kidnaps an 80-year-old girl, rapes her and murders her, that in our society, we say that is evil and it is not tolerable. Aren't you glad that we live in a country where it says if you lie and you do pyramid schemes and you exploit the rich and the poor for your own gain, we are not going to tolerate that. You will go to jail. By the way, I hate it when people, scammers, call our older church members and they get duped into buying stuff. I personally take that too hard and I get angry 
How dare you do that to our, you know, anyway. I'm just releasing a little bit. Lastly, aren't you glad that in America we don't tolerate physical, verbal abuse at home of our spouses, of our children? Aren't you glad that all of these things echo and mirror the heart of God who has given us a law and says, I hate wickedness? Do you see that? And so how does this tie in with this? Because in Deuteronomy 12, 31, this is what God says. You must not worship the Lord, you must not worship the Lord your God in their way. Because in worshiping their gods, lowercase g, they do all kinds of detestable things that the Lord hates. So what is God saying? When you go into this land, there's people there, there's different nations there, they have different gods, but they worship God in this way. And you know how it is? It's detestable. So the question you and I should ask is, why is it detestable? Do you want to find out? It says, goes on, they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire as sacrifices to their gods. So these are not just nations that are saying we're just trying to get along people but they over the years of sin have been corrupted and they made up their own gods and by the way look at israel 40 days after getting the law what did they do moses is not here i got a great idea let's go make a golden calf epic fail (laughs) so so they they have this thing so god is saying this nation I don't want you to worship me this way. I never want your children to be burned alive for me. No, thank you. That is not the God I am. But they worship gods who they think believe that. Go into that land. I don't want you to practice what they practice. I don't know about you, but as hard as that is for me, I'm thinking, that makes sense. I mean, thank God we don't have to have a church where we sacrifice animals and people. And there is this idea that God is so holy. He knows evil. If you want to know anybody who's a master of knowing good and evil, it's God. Because he, in the very essence, is sinless. You and I, when we try to, the reason why God doesn't let us judge others, is, and he says, you who judge, you ju- you're judged by your own standards. Isn't it true? When we try to judge others because we are fallible, If you were to judge yourself by the same standard you judge others, you would not stand. I want you to think about that. If you condemn and judge others by the same standards that you do every day, and you say, well, let me turn this around to me. Do I gossip? Do I act bitter? Do I spread rumors? Because you all do. And then let me apply that to me. You won't even stand your own standards. (laughs) That's human nature. The only person that could do that and judge what is good and evil is someone who is pure. And God being in the nature, I thank God. The Bible we could all agree on. He hates evil. So not every opinion is valid. That sounds self-righteous. That sounds, but when you say we have to burn children, that's our religion. We have to say, that's your opinion, but not every opinion is valid. I'm sorry. And I think, in the 20, I think there's not one person in this room who will say, it's a good idea. Did you, have you seen my kids? No, I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. We'll, we'll have to strike that from the sermon. So not every religious practice is equally valid. So God hates wickedness. Number two, as we look at Joshua, isn't it true? Do you not agree with me? 
that there's somebody who knows you and I better than you and I. Mom. Moms always know better. But there's somebody who knows you and I better than mom. Grandma. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, we'll just keep going up the line. Actually, they do say there is somebody who knows us better than any people. This is scary. People have assessed your Facebooks, and to 80 to 90% accuracy, they could determine your personality. Internet knows you better than you know you. Woo! That's for free. That's not part of the sermon. So, but don't you and I agree that there is somebody who knows us better than we know ourselves? God knows you, and he knows our ways. What does he call Israel? You stiff-necked people. What does he know about them? What does he know about us? He knows that when they go to a new place, they're so stiff-necked, stubborn, and self-centered, and so foolish, they assimilate to the culture. There's a show that I've been watching called Fresh Off the Boat. Have any of you heard about it? And I was like, oh, this is a racist show. All right, I'll give it a shot. And it's hilarious. I, and what it's doing to me is I came to America in 1979 as a five-year-old. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's me. And what's the thing you want to do when you go to a new country? You want to assimilate. So you know how I grew up when I was this Boy Scouts age, when I was 15? You know what was in? It's called a tail. Heavy metal rock stars. It's like a little rat tail. So I wore a Led Zeppelin tie-dye shirt. I wore Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose, and Slash were my gods. And I was like, yeah! And I was, just, I was just living the dream. And I grew a tail for a quarter of an inch because all my friends had tails. And I was like, I want to blend in. I'm not a nerd. I'm not a jock. I'm a headbanger, baby. And I got into guitar. And I grew a tail. And what happened was, do you see my hair? Is curly. After about a quarter of an inch, my tail went bloop, and it looked like a, a pig's tail was like hanging out on my thing. And I tried so hard, I tried to condition it, I tried to use hairspray, and I just wanted to look so fit and so bad. I'm so bad. And it just was utter fail. And my mom used to buy me Reeboks. But back then, we didn't have money, so we got the Korean Reeboks. There were knee box. There were counterfeits. So it looked like the blue pattern, but instead of saying R-E-E-B-O-K, it was N-E-E-B-O-K. So I was like, I hope, I hope they don't see it. Just move around fast. Just keep the eyes moving. And so you just, you just do that. And it, it's everything in me wants to just be American. Mom, what is this seaweed wrap rice deal? Psh, give me the PB&J, baby. And thank God my mom just spared that backhand. It's human nature to be fitting in. It's human nature to absorb what the culture says. It's human nature to transform your identity, even at the cost of compromise. And God is saying, I know you guys. When you go into this land, it's not just, oh, I appreciate your culture, but it becomes marrying into their daughters becoming practicing in their prostitute worship, idolizing these fake gods. And if God, just humor me, if God is the one true God and we chase after these idols, what is on the heart of God who loves you? All right, well, I'm okay. Just do whatever you want. You know, I hope you come back. It breaks because he loves you. 
It breaks because he loves Israel. It breaks because he has a plan of Israel making it holy. And when you compromise that, you are not true to who you really are. You're trying to fit the mold of the culture. So God knows us. And Deuteronomy 20, verse 18, this is what God says. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods. And you will sin against the Lord your God. God knows us. So I'm all for learning about diversity. But can we, can we just think for a moment? When your diversity, when your expansion conflicts with the glory of God, when it's against the word of God, and it's something that you know this is not what God desires for me, can we just say there are some things where I will not cross? So Apostle Paul in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10 says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. He's talking about you could eat any food, but if you eat food that's sacrificed to other gods, you could actually eat that, but just take a moment and to see how that action is going to affect others. I'm sure it'll bother this church if you saw me, see me coming out of a topless bar. I'm not trying to be funny, but it's not true. Can I do it? I'm over 18. My hairline shows it. I'm old enough. Question is, should I do it? Is it helpful? Hey, I'm fitting in with the culture. Hey, this is what everyone does. And God is saying, would you know who you are and know that there's a line you draw because everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial, and otherwise you may become something that you know you don't want to be. And this is what God's saying to us. So we need to think critically. We need to think theologically. Now, we don't hear that often, but we need to think theologically. Is what you're doing in line with who God is? If God is saying, I am holy, I am this triune God, I have created this world, I have brought my son, I am sustaining you, can we think theologically to say, how do I live into that, and how do I live out of that? Can we think biblically? Just because some parts of the Bible is hard, you don't throw the whole baby out with the bathwater, as the saying goes. And I'm convinced, when people say to me, can you tell me the will of God? I would do it. I would say to them, and I, I, I'm just kind of fed up, so I want to say this to all of us. You know 90% of the things God wants you to do already. You're not doing it. What do you think God's going to give you new information and then you're going to start doing it? The issue is not lack of information. The issue is lack of determination to follow God as a servant. And what God is saying to us is, I know you better than you know you. And I know what you'll be doing. So God's reason for taking over this land is not because he despises his people, but he's trying to keep this nation holy and to say, you are my people. I brought you up out of Egypt for a purpose that's greater than you could imagine. And by the way, he's saying that to the church today. I brought you up out of sin for a reason that's bigger than just your life comfort and to have God in your side. It's for you to glorify his name in all the world, even to die. Amen? So, Exodus 34, 15, 16, lastly, be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land, for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. 
See, I don't think God's just speculating here. I think God knows them. And God knows you, and God knows us. Lastly, what is, why is God doing this? What is God's reason for why would you go in there and kill these nations? And he has one aim, and he says this explicitly throughout the Bible. He wants to make himself known among the nations. Now, come on, say this with me. That's kind of egotistical, right? I mean, if I came here and I said, I want you to all know who the greatest man in the whole world is. It is Jason Coe. You would laugh, and then after, if I don't give up on it, after 30 seconds, you'd be like, all right, I'm out of here. So it's kind of egotistical. The only way it's not egotistical, let's use logic. What's the only way this is not an egotistical thought? Come on, I hear it. Be confident, people, if it's true. Let me just use a simple common analogy. Let's say in this whole room, there's only one door right there that leads to outside. There's doors here, but there's only one door. And if I say to you, we got to get out of this room right now, and that's the door. And you say to me, Jason, you're such a know-it-all. There is a choir door. There is another door. This pretty door here, that's not the only door. But let's say, presumably, it is true, empirically true. That is, for some reason, that's the only door. And I say, listen to me. That is the only door. I would be emphatically correct if that is the truth, isn't it? So I will not come back down, and I would even die and say, I want you to live. I want you to know that's the door. You're so arrogant. Shut up. Call me whatever you want, but that's the door. It could be uttered like that if it's true. If God says, I want to be known in all the nations, the only reason why that doesn't sound egotistical, maniacal, is if it's, say with me, true. And it aligned with many gods. If this is the true God, I want to say, I don't like it, this is uncomfortable, but if you are God, make it so. Make your name great. And God says over and over again, Malachi 1.11, my name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets and every place incense and pure offerings would be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations. Psalm 46, we like this verse for the first part. Be still and know that I am God. And we do this, oh, that's so nice. Be still and know that I am God. But did you see the second part? Can you read that with me? I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted the earth. What is God's purpose for you being still? Because I am God. I got this. And his purpose is to go into this land where this world, this land is covered with idolatry to say, you're lost and I'm trying to bring about you back to me to see that there is one true God and he loves you. He's pursuing you. He has compassion for you, but you're not listening. So Israel, I want you to go in and you represent me and through you, the nations will know that I am God. You can't do that if you stay where you are and you assimilate. So this is tough. I'm not sure if that convinces anybody, but it makes a little sense. 
And then today where we have news about Boko Haram, ISIS, and all these terrorists, even, you know, all, there's so many different communist dictatorship. How do you reconcile this? That Jason, the Bible is teaching us to go and kill people, slaughter them for religious sake. We're no different from ISIS. And I would say you are 100% correct. Had it not been for one thing. And this is what made me say, thank you. We are 100% correct if we say we're no different from ISIS, had it not been for one thing. Do you know what that one thing is? It's the cross of Jesus Christ. You see, the fruit of ISIS is terror and just be killed. The fruit of this is God saying, I'm going to die and be the death to win you over to me. And Israel, your purpose is to bring a way for a Messiah to come, and he's not just the military conqueror, but he is the son of the living God who's going to come and die on the cross once and for all so that all wickedness and evil people can have hope to return to me, not by violence, not by threat, not by fear, but by grace and the work that I've done. You see, when you follow Christ extremely erratically, you don't feel like killing somebody. I'm serious. When you look at Christ, you know what he tells you to do? Good. Love your enemy. Good. They may lead you to where you will die, but glorify me. Good. Serve and turn your other cheek when someone slaps you. ISIS and these terrorists is simply, you're dead. And as we look at the history of this world, God is saying, I am preparing a place for my Messiah to be born. And it's not going to be done by threats or fear. It's going to be done by conquering sin and death once and for all, by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 11. Want to see extreme faith? Want to see extremism? This is your extremism in the Bible for Christians. Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming death and even obedient to death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, and listen to this, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God was trying to make this possible, and he has. And the reason why Christian extremism, radicalism is true is because we follow this true God who has made himself known to us through his son on Christmas to Easter. So God, why do you do this? He had to do that 2,000 years ago to pave the way. Today, thank God, that is not how we operate. But right now, do you know, in the 20th century, there were more Christians martyred than all 19th centuries before combined? Did you know that? Let me say that one more time. In 1,900 years of church history, more Christians died in the decade, in the century 
of 1900s than all of the previous 1900 years combined. And today, there were 26 Christians martyred on the beaches in the Middle East by the terrorist group, and they all did it courageously, bravely, not with guns, not with bullets, as a witness that their life is God's, and he is one true God worthy of ourselves. I want to say to you, I want to challenge this pluralistic mentality that all things are true and valid. And I want to say, you're dead wrong. My eternity bangs on this. Because God has revealed himself. And there's no God who has come to die for me, for his enemies. And no God beckons you and I with love than Jesus Christ. So go into Joshua. Read through Joshua. And know that God has a fuller picture And as uncomfortable as it is, know that his outcome that we experience today, we say hallelujah and joy for Jesus Christ has shown us the way to God. Amen. Let's pray. God, I just pray that you would let these words sit deep into all of us. That God, we don't just have a nice formality and thought, but we really are challenged and critically thinking and theologically just meshed and that we would really look at ourselves and this culture and say, where do we draw the line between being part of this culture and being citizens of a different world? Where do we draw the line, God, between saying you're a good God amongst many gods versus you are the one true God? And God, we pray that you would just make that clear, not just in our heads, but in our reality of our soul. God, that we just simply didn't choose this religion or get born into it, but God, that we believe that you somehow, through some way, are coming after us one by one, and you're still coming after us. Help us to be more. Help us to see you as you are. Help us to sit in the discomfort of some hard parts of the Bible to know that there is a bigger picture That makes sense. And that, God, that your call is to redeem this whole world from sin and to call all nations to yourself because you do love them. May we not be stiff-necked people. May we be critical thinkers. May we see your word unfold and may it become clearer. This we pray in Jesus, our Savior's name, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.